Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? How are you today? I pray all is well. This message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, and does what now? Produces good fruits in your lives. Kudos to those who got it right. Woohoo! Yeah! Today we are entering into part 48 of the Kingdom Ambassador series. Uh, if this is your first time joining me, um, each time i teach on the podcast i normally teach in a series message and um we've been in the kingdom ambassador series all season long of season four and we're going to continue it out until god says otherwise but to my knowledge it's going to be all season long because i am equipping you to go out and be a disciple of jesus christ and also to go out and make disciples for Jesus Christ. And I feel like a lot of times in, um, you know, the local churches that we all um, uh, congregate in, you are taught a lot of things, but you're never really taught the principles and values you need to go out and make other disciples. Now you're taught how to bring people back to the church building. Mm-hmm. But what if they don't want to come with you? I mean, let's think about it. How many people we encounter on a daily basis and how many of them will actually say yes if we asked each person we met to come to church with us? There aren't going to be many. You might meet one or two out of, let's say, the 50 people you've met today. And, you know, we don't think about how many people we actually come encounter with. But think about it. The minute you walk out of your door of your house or apartment, wherever you live, the, the minute you walk out, you're encountering a multitude of people. You may not know their names. You may not even stop to say hi to them. But you're encountering many people that, that walk past you. And so, or that drive past you even. And so if you stopped at every bus stop you drove past, every car you drove past, every person you walked by, every person you saw on the train or on the bus on the airplane, wherever you're traveling to, and ask each individual to go to church with you, how many would actually say yes? Not too many. And so we have to understand that Jesus Christ didn't call us to be disciples to just stay in the synagogue, the temple, the church building, the local organization. No, he called us to go out and make disciples. And that's one of our anchor texts of this season in Matthew chapter um, 28, verse 18 through 20, he called us to go out and make disciples. And how we do that is by showing people our faith. That means tying into our other anchor text of Matthew chapter 6, um, being the salt and light in the earth. Um, But then also choosing to actually i'm sorry that's matthew chapter five but also choosing to 
be a walking, talking testimony. Choosing to let people see and hear what God has done in our lives. And it doesn't mean you beat people over the head with the Bible. That means uh, a way you share your story. And I've given countless examples throughout this entire season. So I'm not going to break them all down. But all of us have a story to tell. We all have something we faced in our life that we got through. Even when we didn't think we can get through it, we got through it. And that means you have a story to tell. You have an advice to give somebody in some particular area. And the person you may come in contact with may not go through the exact same thing you went through. But it doesn't mean that there isn't some wisdom and knowledge that they can extrapolate from your experience. But you got to be willing to share it. And so I've been teaching all season long. About how to do that. How to go and be an ambassador for the king. How to go and be a disciple for Jesus Christ. How to go and share your faith. And so if you've been missing um, any of the episodes up until this point. Then I strongly encourage you to not only get plugged into the episodes to come. But maybe go back and listen to some of those episodes. You know whatever one that you stop on is the one that God had for you um, to listen to today and so thank you for new listeners that are joining me on this journey um and thank you for those that have been day ones and day twos and day threes that mean you've been rocking me from season one season two or season three thank you so much because i'm very proud of all of you whether you new or old that are intentional about your healing your intention about your faith walk you're being disciplined in the things of god's kingdom and you're willing to be sought and light in the earth. That is an amazing thing. And so kudos to you for choosing. Kudos to you for choosing to be about the things that of your father. Like um, in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 where Jesus says, um, I had to be about my father's business. You're choosing to be about your father's business in every aspect of your father's business. And that includes healing first, loving yourself first, so that God can teach you how to love others and how to serve others by then going out and making disciples. And so literally since the, you know, the um, manifestation of this podcast back in season one, I have been teaching you all about how to deal with you first heal with from within and then loving yourself loving your past loving your flaws and all loving your scars and everything that you've been through how to find the wisdom in that and then how to um take what you've learned apply it to your life and also to help others and that's how you also go out and make disciples. So it's been a journey, y'all. We're going to continue on this journey. We are at episode 48 of season four. We're going to talk about giving up to give in. There's a lot that you give up on this journey of life. And there's a lot that you give up on this journey of faith. Because God talks about in um, Luke 14, where Jesus mentions the cost of discipleship. It's not easy. This thing going to cost you. I'm here to tell you, if you haven't heard anybody else telling you, this walk of faith with Jesus Christ is going to cost you. If it ain't cost you something, then baby, you didn't invest enough in it. 
Because <laughs> trust me, whatever you invest in that you really want a return on your investment in is going to cost you. And when it comes to the natural things, I always give practical examples for spiritual principles. So when it comes to the natural things we want in life, if you want to be married someday, if you want a relationship with somebody, if you want a friendship with somebody, if you want to um, further your knowledge in a schooling in somewhere, if you want a job opportunity, it's going to cost you something. Whatever that something is, it costs to get it. If you want to make some money at that particular job, it's going to cost you hours. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you some um, some things you got to give up during the day. That maybe, um, you know, you had some other plans you wanted to do, but you were called into work. And so it's it's going to cost. And God is the same way. God expects us to be willing to lay down our life for his. Lay down our will for his. Lay down our plans for his. But it's when we give up that we give in. You may say, huh? Isn't it the same thing? No. When you come to faith, you give up the sinful things of this world. But that's not the only final step. Because once you give up your sinful ways, once you give up your stinking thinking, once you give up your way of doing things and your plans and your life, then it comes the giving in portion of that where you give into the father and his plans. You give into the way that he wants you to do things. You give into the way that he wants you to think. You give in to the way of your heart. Because when you give up your sinful life and your sinful nature, God gives you a new garment of praise. And in that new garment of praise, there is a new heart transplant that um, that comes about. He takes out your stony heart because you gave it up. And he gives you, meaning put in, a heart of flesh for him. A heart that is willing to do things his way. And it's then... Where, you know, life really um, kind of begins again and begins anew. It's then where you get to um, really experience such a huge transformation that then gives you the testimony to go out and make other disciples. But you got to give up first and then give in. And so um, I normally start with prayer for those that's been rocking with me for a while. And you're like, where's the prayer? I'm going to give it to you at the end. So just hold on to the end to get your prayer but i wanted to get right into this message because again i think it's so important for us to understand that as kingdom ambassadors there are some things you got to give up for god and there are some things that you need to give in to god's plans and they may not be according to your your will or your plans i remember earlier this morning um you know for those that have been rocking me for a while you know i go to the gym every morning and this particular morning i couldn't get it together I like I didn't get out at my normal time to get to the gym. And so I had to give up my plans for the way I normally like my schedule to go. And I had to give into the way God had my schedule go. And so I did make it to the gym. But even when I made it into the gym, um, it wasn't the way it normally is. Normally when I go into the gym, it's a quick good morning to everybody. And I'm right on whatever it is I'm on, whether it's going straight to the weights um, or going straight to the, you know, um, the treadmill or one of the bikes or something to cycle. 
whatever. It's I'm immediately going straight into what I'm there to do and I'm up and out. But not this time. This time God said, go talk to your sister in Christ. Because there are, um, are some people that I know from church that go to this particular gym. And so I went over to my sister in Christ and I chit-chatted with her. And I saw her husband there, you know, spoke, hey, how you doing? And um, as I'm chit-chatting with her, all of a sudden, God said, like, ask her about this. And so I asked her about a particular topic. And with the topic came um, one of her favorite words, which is about intentionality. She loves to use the word being intentional. And so um, we were talking about a particular topic and it shifted to some wisdom that I needed. Like she started talking about some other things, but even in her shifting gears to talk about something else, it blessed me for what I needed from the conversation. And so even though my morning didn't start the way I wanted to start, my workout didn't go the way I wanted to go. But when I was willing to give up and then give in to the way that God's plans went, I was blessed. And then God redeemed time because not only did I finish having the conversation um, that people would say like took time out of my busy schedule, but I got in such an amazing workout that I had energy today to get done way more than I thought possible because I was willing to give in to God's plans. I was willing to let God be the master of my day and my time instead of me trying to do it all in my own strength. Remember I taught in yesterday's message about being a jack of all trade and a master of none. There are some times, a lot of times, where we have to be willing to give up our own way, our own plans, so that we can master an area in which God wants us to master. Now, when it comes to me in the gym, for the last few weeks, I haven't told you guys, <laughs> but for the last few weeks, I have been despising going to the gym. Maybe despising is a harsh word. I would say I have been disliking going to the gym because... Um, I was tired. My body was exhausted. And so it just felt like a task. Like it felt like a chore that I had to do. Like daddy told me to do a chore. Oh God. <laughs> you know, I just didn't want to do the chore. And, um, and what I was forgetting in that process, which was reminded, um, by my sister in Christ today or, um, or reminded me rather uh, for what my sister in Christ said to me today, which was you're forgetting to love the process. And that's what happened. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. Um, but I had gotten to the point where I had stopped loving the process. And so for about two weeks, I went this way of just doing it in my own strength. And even though I would pray every morning for God to give me the strength, there was still a portion where I was just fighting God. Like God would tell me what to do at the gym and how to do it. And, and I would do it, but then I would add some extra and God would allow it. But it was like, but that's not what he told me to do. And then I might get home. And then God to tell me like what to do that day. And sometimes I'll give in and sometimes I'll push through. And I had to realize like, no, you got to get back to trusting God in the process and loving the process. 
And I got so focused on trying to get to my their goal and my their mark that I want to be that I forgot to love the process. Now, besides going to the gym to lose weight, the biggest reason why I first started going to work out was because I got a clean bill of health for my doctors. Because I, if you've been following me, but for those that are new, um, I went through a Job wilderness season, like the man in the Bible named Job. God told me it was a Job wilderness season, so it's not me just calling it. I went through a Job wilderness season where I suffered through sickness as well as losing a lot of things including finances and whatnot and so i it was a, a three-year struggle of sickness and an illness um where yeah three years right like no i'm sorry not three years i'll say three to five years three to five years of just battling some really tough sicknesses and diseases and it was like I, I never been this sick before in my life and three times out of that process the doctors were telling me like you are going to die like it like let's just call this what it is you are on death's door that's how bad it was for me y'all but thank God that he spared my life because just like with Job in the Bible God said the same thing about me I told you you can test her but you can't take her life and so um, this past summer, I finally got like, um, some clean bill of health from many of my primary care, my, my primary care doctor, as well as my other specialist doctors saying that like, it was okay for me to finally start getting back into, you know, working out and stuff. And so the whole point of me going to the gym to work out was to just train my body to get back into physical activity. Because if you've ever been really sick before, especially where you are, um, struggling to stay alive your focus is not about getting into the gym you're just trying to do what's necessary every day to just stay alive and so that's what I had been um on a journey doing but now it's like okay great now I can get my strength back I can retain uh get some muscle tissue back because I lost a lot of that muscle density and all that so it's like okay now I can get that back and so um so that's what I've been on a journey with but like I said for those last two weeks um, that started around my birthday, October 10th, I just kind of forgot like to trust in the process and to enjoy the process. And I started focusing because I was able to lift weights that I couldn't lift before, lift certain pounds in those weights I couldn't lift before. And so I started to just get like really eager in the going and was forgetting to, to trust in the process. And so today I had to give up. I had to give up my way of doing it and give in to God's way of doing it once again to trust and love the process and not try to focus on the their part. And I know when we um are focusing on discipling people to Jesus or we want our family members to be saved, we focus so much in the doing and the for, and it almost come, becomes like forcing it. You're forcing your family members to get it right. You're forcing your family members to come to Jesus. You're forcing your family members because, yes, we all have that that biological clock ticking for us. I don't mean in terms of the womb. I mean, in terms of we all know that there's an expiration date for us all. We all know that there, at some point in time, we're all going to die. And so you may have that clock ticking a little louder for you of like trying to hurry up and get 
things in order, get your stuff right, to try to get your family um, in an alignment with God so that they go to heaven and all of that. We got to understand that even in that process of discipleship, sometimes the best way is to give up forcing it and give into God's way. And part of giving into God's way, as I said earlier, is about loving them where they are and praying for them for where they're going to be. Because it's just like when we were teenagers, when your parent wanted to force you to um, not date a particular person. Oh, that made you want to date a person even more. Okay. Hello, somebody. You was like, oh, well, you ain't going to tell me. And you were rebellious. You wanted to do what you wanted to do. Well, that happens in the faith when it comes to us discipling people when you force it down their throats they become rebellious and they do whatever they want to do but when you are gentle when you are loving when you are patient when you are kind these are fruit to the spirit but we also see this in the walks of course of jesus christ because it was his spirit that we have which is the holy spirit when you see how he operated in the way that he ministered the gospel to people he wasn't forceful. He asked them, do you want to be saved? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be set free from um, bondage and strongholds? The choice was always theirs because God gives us free will. And you have to understand as much as you can want somebody to be saved, you can't want it more than them. They got to want it for themselves. And even if they want it for themselves, baby steps. Before we get to meet stage of faith. You learn that in 1 Corinthians. You can't force it down their throats. You got to feed them like infants. With milk. And when you continue the conversation. I taught a um, message earlier this season. About um, continuing the conversation. Or keeping the conversation going. When you continue the conversation. It's step by step. This is why it's very important that the people we encounter that we are able to share our testimonies with. Sometimes it's good to share your personal information, even if it's just your social media platform. Say, hey, listen, let's stay connected. What's your Instagram page? What's your Facebook page? Let me connect with you on there. Maybe you're not comfortable with giving them your phone number. And I understand. But you can at least say, hey, you know what? Let's not stop this conversation. What's your email address? So what's your Instagram page? I can't tell you guys how many times I've had that experience where I might be um, talking to somebody, old or young, it doesn't matter. And in person, I might have met them at a restaurant or something while we were waiting for our tables. And as we're waiting for our individual tables and we just start talking and chit-chatting and the conversation was so good and our tables are called now. And it's like, oh, I got to go to my table. But you know what? Let's not end this conversation. What's your email address? So what's your um, social media page? What, what, what you on? You on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? What you on? Okay, let me let me find you. And we'll exchange information that way. And we'll stay connected that way. And then from there, a bond is built. But even with that bond being built, you got to um, to build upon that bond in order to sustain it and maintain it. You got to cultivate that relationship. It's the same with our faith with God. When we first came into understanding of who Jesus is for ourselves, it wasn't just a one and done thing. It's a daily walk with him. Just like you would any earthly relationship. Because Jesus is our bridegroom. 
We are his bride, the church. And so as in any earthly marriage, it's a daily work to cultivate and keep that relationship personal and going to keep that relationship healthy. But if you don't do the work, then that relationship becomes strained. And this is why you got people who are even believers to this day in Jesus who may even go to church every Sunday and still feel like they have never heard his voice before. They don't know what the Holy Spirit is. They never encountered the Holy Spirit before or it's been some time since they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so they ask the question of, does God still speak? Yeah, he does. The problem is you stop listening. And you may say, well, how do I stop listening? Because you stop cultivating that personal relationship that you have with the Father. When we all get born again or when you, when you become saved, you're super excited to learn about Jesus. The same as a personal relationship in, in the earth. When you just meet that woman or that man that you're interest in, interested in, oh, you so excited to call that person, to talk to them on the phone, to text them, to go out on dates with them and all that. But then time goes on. And as time goes on, people get settled. People get comfortable. And then you stop pursuing that thing. But God says, if you want this to be healthy, if you want this to be long lasting, then you got to be willing to give up and give in. Give up your way. Give up your comfort level. Give up even some lazy habits and give in to doing the work. Because God has it all for us. But we got to be willing to Give up some things in order to give in. And so I do have some scriptures for you guys as, you know, when it comes to, like I said, discipling people, um, being willing to give up your way to give into God's way. But then also what it means to live like Jesus, like God wants us to live because he always gives us instructions. God is never going to give you a purpose, give you an assignment um, even giving us all as the body of Christ, the assignment to go out and make disciples without instructions, but it's up to us to be willing to, um, read the Bible, which is where the instructions are, and then be obedient to the instructions. Because if you're obedient to the instructions, God says, well, then my good faithful servant. But if you're disobedient to the instructions, you don't want to see God cut you off. Because he will cut you off. And so we're going to take a look at some scriptures today. Let's talk about that. Go with me first to um, Luke. Luke chapter 10, starting at the first verse. Let me take a sip of water and then I'll read it to you. Okay, so Luke chapter 10. Starting at the first verse reads as such, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Pause for a second. God will never send you out on your assignment, your kingdom assignment that he has for you by yourself. It may start with you, with him giving you the vision, the plan, the idea, the goal, but you'll never do it by yourself. Again, it may start with you. It may start with you doing the research first or writing the plan down that he gave you or writing the idea down that he gave you. But he's always going to send help. Because God created us for community. 
You learn it in our other anchor text of Genesis chapter 1. Where he says man should not be alone. I'm going to make a helpmate. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. But part of that multiplication, you need another person to help you. And it doesn't just mean in procreation. That's what that scripture is talking about. But it also means even in performing a task. Like like in this message. Jesus sends out them in pairs. That means two. He sends them out to go and do the assignment. And so he gives them these instructions in verse 2. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers in his field. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor any extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. Pause right here because there's so much that he just said that I don't want to keep going forward in the instructions and we missed this part. Okay, so let's start back at the second verse. When Jesus is saying that the harvest is great, but the workers are few, that means that there are many people out here who God calls by his name to be his disciples, but they're lost sheep. They either have strayed away from the faith or they have never been introduced to the faith. And so it is our job to pray because the blessings of the Lord makes a man rich and has no sorrow. That means that God has a, an abundance of blessings for us all. That will bring richness to our life. That will make, bring fulfillment and fullness to our lives. But there are many who are not living in that richness because of whatever reason. And so we got to pray for the workers. Because understand that when you go out and make a disciple, you're making another worker for God's kingdom. You're making somebody else is going to be fruitful and multiply in the dominion, excuse me, and have dominion in the area that God has them in. We are not all called to do the same things in the same way, though we all have the great commission. What do I mean by that? I mean that we all have the great commission to go out and make disciples following Jesus Christ. However, the means in which we go about doing that is not going to be all the same. I'm here on my podcast giving you guys um, these tools in a form of storytelling, but there's somebody else that has a pulpit and a church building, and they're going to preach it to you in that way. There's somebody else that's a doctor in a, in the medical office, and they're going to share God's love with you and, and God's testimony with you and God's light with you in that way. There's somebody else that um, is a nonprofit owner and they're going to share God's love and light and joy with you in that way and on and on and on. So we all have different areas in which we're called to do it in. That's just as well as the example of that I gave yesterday of some are going to be singers, some are going to be rappers, some are going to be painters and and pastry chefs and and nurses and doctors and lawyers and whatever. And these are gifts and talents, excuse me, talents that God placed inside of you that are you're going to use to go out and make disciples. Utilizing the spiritual gifts that God gave you in order to do that. 
And it's a whole text on the spiritual gifts. I may not get to that today, but if you want to go read that for yourself, you can go read first Corinthians chapter 12. Um, because God gives us all spiritual gifts. That doesn't mean that we all have all of the spiritual gifts in one, because otherwise we wouldn't have any use for the rest of the body. But we all have a particular spiritual gift or um, a few spiritual gifts that God gives us to help the other workers in the field. But we're all meant to work together for the good of God. And so that's why he says, pray for the workers in the field, because workers are going to get weary and well-doing. You're going to get tired of ministering the gospel. You're going to get tired of um, praying for people. The reason why I say that is not um, is not to deter you from it or to talk bad about prayer. I'm saying it because you do get weary when you're praying for something that doesn't manifest as fast as you want it to. There are people that I have um, had the privilege because God has blessed me to minister to the gospel to them and to disciple them. And some of them rejected it. Some of them fell off really quickly. Some of them um, received it with great joy. It's like the parable in the scattered seeds. Some of them received it with great joy. And then soon as life's problems came, it, it choked it out. And so... I got frustrated many times. I got sad. I got disappointed many times that I didn't see the work that I put in a harvest for it just yet. But I had to give up my way of thinking it was going to happen and give in to God's way. God only tells us to plant a seed or to water the seed that was already planted in somebody's heart. But it's the Holy Spirit's job that makes it grow. You learn that in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3. It's not our job to make the disciple um become a disciple it is our job to teach them that's the rest of that scripture that says go out and make disciple excuse me go out and make disciples for jesus christ baptizing them in the, name of the father son and the holy spirit teach them my ways is what jesus says our job is to show them the light introduce them to the light of jesus christ teach them the light and that's it we can't make the the word grow in their hearts because we can't change a heart. I don't care if you're a heart surgeon out there and that's your job as a cardiologist. You still cannot change a person's heart to be any different than what it is unless God changes their heart. That means, as I talked before about um, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, 5, 6, and 7, excuse me. Um, being fruit inspectors, you can't make a bad tree produce good fruit and you can't make a good tree produce bad fruit because it all stems from the heart. So we can't change a person's heart. We're just meant to release the word, pray for them and pray that, um, the word will produce good fruit in their lives. Okay. So the other part of this, when Jesus calls us out to do an assignment, what we have is what we need. A lot of times we think that we're meant to have all these extra things. No, that's like, for example, uh, that I used earlier, going to the gym. To be quite honest, to go to the gym, to do the workouts that I do, all I really need is a bottle of water, um, a towel to catch my sweat, and, uh, of course, the car keys, and um, 
and and you know my my music my phone my earpods that's really it limited things that I carry with me anyway I don't really need a lot of stuff to do my workout at the gym because I don't take my showers at the gym I take my showers when I get back home um and so it's not like I need like a whole kit and caboodle to go to the gym to work out I need bare minimum essentials and they're usually stuff like I, I carry in my purse anyway. They're, they're normally stuff I already have on me anyway. And so the same thing is in the spiritual realm. When we are looking to minister the gospel to somebody and we think we need all these other things. No, you just need what you have. And that's why I said earlier, many of us, all of us, excuse me, have a story to tell. You have something that you survived. You have something that you overcame or something that, that you are overcoming, but it hasn't uh, you haven't succumbed to it just yet. So maybe you're facing a tough time right now, but it may feel like it's destroying you, but you are not dead yet. So that means that God is still sustaining you through the storm. So you can still minister to somebody even in your storm right now and give them the word of God. Because you have something to share of how God's getting you through this process. How God is helping and equipping you along the journey. What God is teaching you along this journey. You have something to share. But you got to be willing to give up your way of doing it. Give up what you think you need. And give in to the way God tells you to do it. And what he says you need. Um, I'll give you another example before I wrap this up and go. Um, I remember when God first called me to teach the gospel through my story. And he gave me... um this mission this ministry to do it in and I felt like I couldn't do it I felt unqualified I felt unworthy I felt like oh well I need to go to seminary school and I need somebody to give me their degree and certification papers to say that I am certified to do it and God said no you have what you need to begin and then he sent other people to confirm that word um a license um, therapist I was working with and she wasn't just telling me this because she was telling me that she was a believer so it was a Christian therapist that's why I always teach about why it's so important to have a uh, a therapist who is a Christian who believes in what you believe in or a messianic Jew um, who believes in what you believe in because they tie your faith into the counseling and you need somebody who's a believer that's not going to just give you book smart and not give you spiritual discernment and so um, so there was that person and then it was also my spiritual mentor who is a person who went to seminary school. So she has all the degrees. And, and the years of experience of being a senior pastor. And yet she said no. I, like she saw the gift. And continued to see the gift and talent God placed in me. And, and the calling and anointing that's on my life. And so she was like no you don't need that. God has given you what you need. Just begin. Just start. You got to let go of thinking you need the paperwork. You got to let go of thinking you need seminary school. And she actually helped me understand you've been in seminary school all your life. I didn't even know that, y'all. I've been in seminary school all of my life because I've been in Catholic school all my life. Since I was a little girl starting pre-K, my mother had me in Catholic schools. I graduated from college, a Catholic university. So I literally have been in theology class, theology schools, which is what seminary school is, is teaching you theology, teaching you about the faith. I've been in that all my life and I'm now 36. So, and I graduated college, uh, when I was 22 and still was in church as well. So it wasn't just about going to Catholic schools. I, I mean, baby, I did church all the time that it was like, listen, don't you get credit for going last week? 
<laughs> Don't you get credit for going yesterday. We got to go again today. Are you kidding me? So, baby, like I have a lifetime of seminary school and continuing on. When I, I had somebody ask me the other day, they were like, oh, you didn't go to church um, today? I'm shocked. It was on a Sunday. On Sunday. You didn't go to church today? I'm shocked. Why you didn't go to church? Baby, I'm in church all day. Because first of all, I am a part of God's church because I'm part of his body. But then secondly, because of because me being a church leader and being in ministry, I'm in studies all day. I'm either ministering the gospel to somebody or God has somebody ministering the gospel to me in some form or fashion. Or I'm studying my Bible or... um. I'm reading some other, you know, text that God has me reading, some other book or whatever God has me reading. So I am in church all day anyway. So I don't got to go to somebody's building to be in church. I'm in church all day. And so, again, when we recognize that God is calling us to be kingdom ambassadors, we got to understand that there's a particular way he's going to call us to do that. And that way may not look like the way that somebody else has done it. It may not look like the way it's been traditionally. But God says, I've given you everything you need to begin. You got to be willing to give up in order to give in. And so I was going to continue this text. I hear God saying, wrap it up. So I'm going to leave you here. We're going to continue this tomorrow. May Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give his shalom. Give his peace. Take care. Love you guys. Bye now. Oh, and really quickly before I go. Um, for those that are interested in joining the Bible revival class that I'll be teaching on uh, starting November 4th, uh, please shoot me an email at Andrea Griffin Rogers at gmail.com. All one word, Andrea Griffin Rogers at gmail.com. And let me know your interest in being a part of the Bible revival class. I will be teaching you how to um, take the fundamental principles from the Bible and apply it to your everyday life, how to live out the word of God. Um, for yourself, how to heal through the word of God for yourself and how to um, become a daily reader and, and learn how to study the word for yourself. And so, again, if you're interested in joining me in that class, um, email me at Andrea Griffin Rogers at gmail.com. All one word. You go to the description to find out how to spell my name. Um, if you also have questions or um, comments but um, particularly questions that you want me to answer on air, email me as well at andregafromrogers at gmail.com because I'll answer your questions online. So love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye now.